You're listening to The Conscious Booth. A podcast in cooperation with Station and Region Hovedstaden. Hi and welcome to The Conscious Booth. My name is Johannes. I'm going to be your host today. And today we're going to talk about the upcoming national elections in Denmark. We're going to talk about the parties that are up for race. We're going to talk about possible results. We're going to talk a little bit about general things, what our politics in Denmark like. And also we're going to talk about why are there so many faces of politicians in the streets of Copenhagen. And in order to get some insights into Danish politics, we have my good friend and real expert in Danish politics, Johannes. Thanks for coming. Hi, thank you. And we decided to make this episode because sometimes as a non-Danish speaker, it might be quite difficult to find some information about Danish politics in English. And yeah, therefore, we have a real expert here in the house because you, Johannes, you worked at the ministry in Denmark. So yeah, maybe tell us a little bit about the work you did there. First off, I might just say I'm not a real expert. Uh, I'm just a regular Dane who is interested in politics. Uh, but yeah, I did used to work in the Ministry of uh, Climate, Energy and Utilities. And then recently I got a job in a green think tank called uh, Conciso, where I uh, mainly work with uh, EU politics. So not very uh, related to the election, though. All right. But I'm sure you have some strong opinions and that's a perfect place. To, of course. To, of yeah. course. And I'd like to share them, of course. Uh, yes. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Yeah, Definitely. thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for having me. <laughs> um, so the elections should have been next year in June, the latest. Yeah. But they are um, they're early elections now. Um, they're um, in November instead of June. So what is that, the actual reason for, for that? Yeah, so uh, the reason that we are having the elections now is because a party called Radikale Venstre uh, expressed that they don't have trust in the way uh, the government handles itself. So they basically said that they will will withdraw their support from the government if they don't uh, have elections now. So that's why the government was forced, or Socialdemokratiet was forced to uh, to mm-hmm. have the elections now. And it dates back to uh, the Mink scandal, which I think a lot of people have probably heard about in the media, uh, which was under uh, COVID-19. We, uh, we made a decision to kill all the Minks in Denmark uh, without a legal basis. Um, And then there has been a big discussion of whether or not uh, the government knew that there wasn't a legal basis. Um, and it's been used in like a lot of uh, political campaigning against the government, especially from the right-wing parties. And I think also the left-leaning parties want to capitalize on this um, hate or uh, mistrust of the government. And mm-hmm. that's why Radikale Venstre chose to uh, say, we don't trust the government, we have to have elections now. Okay. Who is actually the government? The government is uh, a one-party government, uh, although they are supported by uh, Enhedslisten, uh, SF, uh, Radikale Venstre. Uh, they're not actually all, all parties are not in the government. It's only Socialdemokratiet who is in the government. Mm-hmm. And that means if it's only Socialdemokratiet who is in the government, they're the ones sitting on all the ministries and uh, powerful positions. Okay. So who are Socialdemokratiet? Socialdemokratiet is a it's an old uh, workers' party, and I think they would categorize themselves as that still a workers' party. Uh, they are center left, old center left party, old center left party. They exist say. all over Europe. Yeah, yeah, like, like Labour in, yeah. in, in Great Britain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, uh, and then you named the other parties. They're all left leaning that are um, supporting. 
uh, socialdemokrati. Ja. Yeah. Uh, can you maybe dive into them a little bit? Who are they? So we have uh, yeah, four parties on the left wing. We have uh, Alternative, Enhedslisten, Radikale, Venstre and SF. Mm-hmm. And I think go, um, SF is probably the easiest to describe because it's kind of like a lighter version of or more a left-leaning version of uh, Socialdemokratiet. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are they have historically been very supportive of almost all policies that uh, Socialdemokratiet puts forward. They're very like, uh, you know, they can kind of be like the little puppy who sits on the lap of Socialdemokratiet. <laughs> They're like a smaller party. They're very agreeable. The, yeah. They really want like to be uh, on the good side of Socialdemokratiet. Uh, but they are definitely more left-leaning. And also for the last uh, two election periods now, their main um, their main uh, campaign has been about childcare and uh, mm-hmm. increased funding for childcare and increased... Uh, like man hours and staff in uh, kindergartens and uh, stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. And then we have uh, Radikale Venstre. Radikale Venstre is very, uh, I would say, a fairly progressive party on all fronts. They are very pro-climate action. They are very pro-LGBTQ. They are uh, very, uh, they are not pro-immigration, but anti-immigration. Um, but they have a very um, strict uh, tax policy. So th- this mm-hmm. party usually, uh, uh, their voters are usually uh, upper class, uh, kind of rich people who pay the are uh, in like the top tax brackets, mm-hmm. but uh, but still are very like progressive. Okay. Um, then we also have Enhedslisten, mm-hmm. which is uh, the old communist party. <laughs> uh, they actually used to. Uh, I don't remember when they removed it. But they used to have like a thing on their website about still being like a revolutionary communist oh, party. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're like they're actually not not. It's not something that people say to like discredit them or anything. They are actual communists or used to be. Okay. Uh, now they are going in a not as uh, radical direction. They are just extremely pro climate, extremely pro LGBTQ. Uh, they have, you know, obviously ideas about. Uh, taxing the rich uh, mm-hmm. and stuff like that um, but they aren't as like anti-international um, agree- agreements and organizations like, like they used to be trade yeah they used to be super anti-free trade super anti-EU where they like I think the new wing in that party or the new people in that party the younger people are kind of reforming the party slowly so coming from this kind of like old very stale communist left-leaning party to like yeah kind of a new thing okay and then we have the absolute wild card which is alternative and alternative is uh it's it's it was it was started as a as a green uh, party as a climate uh, party they also succeeded in uh, actually making the discussion about climate uh very very important in Denmark and was really uh really the ones who uh who put forward the the climate. Um, they were the ones to make the last election uh, a climate election, as we say. And they are mm-hmm. kind of like the watchdogs in parliament when it comes to climate. And they drag a lot of, or they change, or they, they are a component in the changing uh, views from the other parties on climate as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so these parties are kind of the, the red block. Exactly. In, in Danish yeah. politics. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because uh, that's maybe something that's interesting in Denmark. You have kind of this block system, which is a bit resembling of what is happening in the U.S. between like these two big 
blocks, uh, Republicans and Democrats. So in Denmark, it's a blue block, which is more conservative and the red block, which is more progressive and social. Um, yeah, but what is uh, then the blue block? Who are the parties that are there? The blue block, we have uh, Venstre, Conservative, uh, Liberal Alliance, and DF, and uh, Danmark's Democraterne. I think that's it I for now. Also, uh, Nibali, and we also used to have uh, yeah, more parties on the right in the last <laughs> election, but I don't really think they yeah, they're, uh, they're, exist they're, anymore. It feels like they're splitting up, and uh, yeah, all the time. Yeah, like Denmark's Denmark's Demokraten is uh, just they they just established themselves, and I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They're, they're a very new party as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was founded by a former Venstre politician called Inga Stoibia, who used to be the minister of uh, immigration and integration. Uh, after her time as minister, she was uh, charged with uh, some kind of misconduct in relation to child brides, which uh, she was found guilty in. And then she had to uh, serve a sentence in her own home. So she is definitely a lovely lady. Yeah, very lovely. Okay. And who's Venstre? Venstre is uh, like a very center-right party. They are, some would say, indistinguishable from Socialdemokratiet at times. Uh, they really agree on a lot of stuff. Uh But of course, they are going for the most uh, central voters uh, alongside Socialdemokratiet. Uh, so they have like very, uh, yeah, center-right, uh, stereotypical political views. Okay. Yeah. So it's just a very tight line between the red and blue block there. Yeah, I would definitely say so, and that's also why the the former uh, head of uh, Venstre, Lars Lykke, he also proposed to do uh, government across the. The middle of the Danish uh, political spectrum with Socialdemokratiet, mm-hmm. and now Socialdemokratiet has done the same thing, but now Lars Løkke is in a different party. Yeah. Okay, but we come back to Lars Løkke. Let's just finish uh, talking about the blue block yeah, because there are sure. some more interesting parties. Definitely. We also have DF. DF. D- DF. Yeah. Dansk Folkeparti. They are a. Uh, they. They. <coughs> racist. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say they are the very uh, they're the ones who were the first to be really strict when it comes to uh, immigration politics. Uh, they really uh, created the the line for how how far you can go in Danish politics in regards to this. They were also absolutely huge in the, not the last election but the one before that. They were a really 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 big party, mm-hmm. uh, which also collided with the European immigration crisis. Okay. Yeah, they used to be a very big party, but now that party just co- collapsed in on itself, mm-hmm. and uh, I think they are barely uh, getting in parliament as it look it's, as it look it is looking now. Yeah. Okay. So if you compare it on an international scale, maybe like a German AFD or Front National, or uh, yeah, in France. You know yeah, that? I think yeah. so. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. So then, then there's um, conservative, conservative. Yeah, there is conservative. Conservative, I think, is uh, just a step more to the right than Venstre. Mm-hmm. They're not going for the central voters in Denmark. They are maybe going for the more traditional uh, right wing voters. They are very, very uh, strict about like uh, tax policies. They want to remove the top tax brackets. They want to give everybody tax uh, cuts. Uh, they're very also very conservative. Like in other ways, they want to preserve like Danish values and Danish mm. culture. And uh, as many other parties also are in the the right wing, they're also very strict when it comes to immigration politics. Okay, yeah. okay. And then uh, of course we have to talk about Daddy Van Upslag. Daddy Van Upslag. Daddy Van Upslag is unironically a uh, TikTok prodigy. 
he is really taking TikTok and uh, similar social media outlets uh, by storm. He is extremely popular with the young kids. Uh, I think half of them who watch just like his videos, they don't agree with him politically, but he, even though he might say some like kind of crazy things, yeah. uh, it's still like made to be funny. Yeah. And yeah. he's a leader of a uh, liberal alliance, liberal alliance. Yeah, yeah. Which is like the, yeah, really, really, uh, right wing party in terms of like, um, financial and, uh, tax politics, but they are also very liberal, uh, in other ways. Mm. So it's kind of like, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's the interesting part about, these block politics you have in Denmark because if you have a blue block government you have a a, a party like Liberale Alliance uh, who would be in a government with Democratic and then yeah. Liberale Alliance is like very liberal on, on so many social topics maybe well I think they are a bit more but they are also like uh, I think more and more kind of like an anti-woke party Mm-hmm. They have a lot of like uh, posters right now where it says you are a victim, but victim is like crossed over, and then it says strong. Mm. So like you are strong. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, they're a bit like anti woke. Okay. Uh, so not like lib- uh, progressive in that uh, mm-hmm. kind of way, but they're not as degenerate as uh, some of the other right wing parties, I would say. Okay. Okay. Uh, and then there's uh, one very important party uh, in this election, and they're not really into. You cannot really put them. We're missing a party. We're missing a party. Yeah. New, uh, new uh, well, which one? New Bali. Yeah. New Bali. Yeah, new yeah. is a fun party. They're <laughs> like shaking up the bag. You know, they took like the worst from DF, which in my opinion is the whole anti-immigration thing, mm-hmm. and then they actually turned it up a bit. They they went really? even harder in on like <laughs> okay. anti-immigration. They really like they they saw DF, and then they thought. We can do this better. We can we can say some even more wild shit. They really believe in like uh, some like the replacement of the white man in Europe, and uh, they're they're oh, like wow. insanely anti-immigration. But also at the same time, DF is kind of a weird party because they are kind of like pro uh, social benefits. Mm-hmm. Like uh, they're not super anti-tax bracket, uh, top tax brackets. Mm-hmm. Um, but Nibali is definitely like they want to get rid of uh, the top tax bracket. They want to throw most people off social benefits, and they just want to <laughs> let the free market do its fucking thing, oh, wow. man. <laughs> okay, so then uh, kind of the opposite of in his system, really opposite. Yeah, like spectrum. the polar opposite of in his system. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, then let's go to to the party that is uh, not relatable to a block really, and it's a really new party. It was just founded two months ago something so that's the first election they're gonna dive into and it's founded by Lars Logge, who is former prime minister of Denmark yeah mm-hmm. so just I think Moderato was actually created uh, like a year or two ago okay. but I think they might have been like eligible to participate in the elections like maybe a couple months ago okay. I'm not really sure when they had enough uh, signatures for that mm-hmm. but yeah former prime minister Lars Lugge, former politician at Venstre uh the last election he kind of uh threw uh what's it called like in a football when you like uh you have to like make a hill mary like a hill mary move <laughs> yeah he, he he could see that the election was not going his way mm-hmm. so he proposed the thing about doing the coalition uh, across the mid of uh the danish political spectrum the middle of the danish political spectrum mm-hmm. and the right wing and especially uh his own party really did not take to that very well. They really hated that idea. So he got in huge amounts of trouble in his own party and mm-hmm. was this whole dramatic thing about like, 
the the people behind the party they kind of like kicked him out and uh yeah it was kind of like a dramatic time for him i think okay and that was uh, in 2019 yeah exactly yeah. yeah yeah so now he i don't i think if he wanted to continue with uh, his political career he would have to start his own party probably or maybe join some kind of left-wing party but probably not because he's not a left-leaning person either mm-hmm. uh yeah so he created moderaterne which is like Uh, allegedly uh, the most central-seeking party in uh, in Denmark. He also doesn't belong to either the right or the left wing. He hasn't said who he's going to point at as uh, the prime minister yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, he's a bit of a wild card. Yes. But he has also very central-seeking uh, ideas for the most part. Yeah. Okay. And uh, he did, uh, like, uh, in, in, the, in the polls, the Moderatene was really rising up recently, and now they could actually finish up at second. So it's a possibility. Yeah, they could definitely finish up second. They are mm. a very strong number three right now. Last time I saw, they are one or two uh, percentage points away from uh, beating Venstre mm-hmm. and therefore being the second biggest party in Denmark. Uh, I don't think if you asked anyone three months ago if that uh, was how the Danish political landscape would be today, they would not say that Moderaterne would have that many votes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it is kind of crazy because neither of the blocks now have over 50%. Yeah. So... Uh, If someone wants to make the government, someone wants to make a coalition, they probably have to include Moderaterne. All right, we covered the parties. And uh, with that, uh, we also uh, heard about Moderaterne really catching up. Uh, so it's going to be uh, quite different than recently. Not really a block government, or most likely not a go- block government, because neither the red or the blue block will get 50%, most likely. So what are possible coalitions this time? Yeah, so uh, the current prime minister, Mette Frederiksen, she has said that she really wants a government across the middle. Uh, she probably wants to make a government that includes Radikale Venstre, probably SF, uh, Moderaterne, Venstre, and maybe Conservative as well, if they can uh, if they can get enough uh, votes for it. Mm-hmm. But the right-wing parties have uh, categorically said no. We are not doing a party, a coalition uh, across the middle. Okay. Uh, they rejected that idea instantly. Uh, so I'm not actually sure what is going to okay. happen. Even even Venstre rejected. Even Venstre, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I, th- but that also goes back to the Mink scandal thing. Could you see Lars Lager, uh supporting a Red Block government? Um, I think there has been a lot of talk about the true nature of Lars Lucke and Moderaterne. Mm-hmm. I think it's very hard to tell. I think it's very hard to say what is uh, what direction he would really want to take his party. I actually don't think he has uh, made up his mind yet. I think wherever the the votes are and wherever the power is, I think he will probably go there to get as much influence as he possibly can. Mm-hmm. So I would not, uh, I wouldn't reject the idea like completely. But uh, let's say I'm skeptical. Okay. Yeah. Then uh, in Austria or Germany, um, after the the election coalitions usually take forever uh, until they're actually formed mm. so it can take up to four months or even oh. longer so yeah. recently especially in germany it took forever uh how is it in denmark would we know already on the on the night of the election what the for- coming government will look like uh not a hundred percent no uh but we have some ideas usually we uh We don't have like these very drawn out processes of uh, who's in the government. You, like at least in recent years that I've been uh, aware of uh, mm-hmm. in in Danish politics. But I think Moderaterne is Lars Lugge and this middle party where we are not sh- quite sure how he fits in. I think that could actually draw out the process. And he has also said himself to the media that uh, he will not like uh, 
he will not care if that's what happens. He will not care if it's like a like a crisis in Danish politics because we, we can't get a proper coalition. Because he will shut move. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, he 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 just said he will do everything to like get us get as much power and influence as possible. So yeah, we might we might see that. I don't think. Uh, i definitely don't think on the night of the election this year we are not gonna know what the government looks like, and we are we are certainly not gonna get a, a prime minister the first night. I can okay. prom- I can almost promise you that unless uh, the left left leaning bloc wins like mm-hmm. uh, without uh, Moderna. Yeah. Okay. And they're slightly ahead in the polls right now. Of the yeah, they're they're definitely far ahead of the right wing uh, parties, but they don't have fifty uh, percent. Yeah. yeah, they don't have uh, yeah okay. majority. And what are what are the driving to- topics in this in this election? What is it Danish people care about so much? Yeah, so I think uh, like in many other countries, uh, the number one thing people are talking about is energy prices, it's inflation, it's uh, how do we make sure that we don't fall into some kind of recession here in Denmark? How do we control our uh, state finances uh, and stuff like that? And how do we help people through this hard time? Mm-hmm. Uh, i think most parties yeah, on both the left and right they are kind of on board with uh with the idea that we have to help probably some people they're just uh they just disagree on how to do it so uh so i think the left leaning people they want to give uh, the most vulnerable people some some money and uh the right wing people they just want to give everybody tax cuts because then we have more <laughs> money right <laughs> yeah that's definitely a big topic and then of yep. course i think still climate though climate climate is still important i think I saw a poll uh, like a, last week where it said that I don't, I don't remember if it was, if it was one and a half or two and a half million Danes, their primary uh, way of voting is uh, by who has the best climate politics. Mm-hmm. So climate definitely still is uh, a huge topic on the Danish political scene. But I think actually most people, besides uh, maybe the most right-leaning people, uh, they have really good uh, climate politics. Okay. Then I maybe just ask you for your personal opinion in this case. What party do you think has, has the best climate politics? Oh, it's definitely Alternative or Enhedslisten. Uh, okay. But I think SF, Radikale Venstre, Alternative, Enhedslisten, they all have fairly solid uh, climate politics. I Definitely the, the biggest problem with the right-leaning or the right-wing uh, parties is that they don't want to do a carbon tax in uh, the agricultural sector in Denmark, which all the left-leaning parties want to do. Uh, that's definitely a big uh big disadvantage for the for the right wing people. Uh but uh in terms of Socialdemokratiet they they have like they have a kind of kind of good climate politics but not perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. Okay. All right. Um then an- another topic that is a little bit odd, but I see it a lot on the advertisements on the street is uh, psychiatrists. Why is that a topic in in the national elections? Yeah, so I think actually, uh, like the whole thing about psychiatry and mental illness has actually been like a fairly substantial part of the political discussion in Denmark, at least uh, also in the last election period. People have definitely been aware of it, have been talking about it. Uh, but I think it's really, really become important this year because the waiting list for psychiatrists have absolutely exploded. Like it's insane how long you'll have to wait if you go through the public system. Uh, I think on average right now across the country, it's about a year that you have to wait. So if you're like a 16, 17 year old who falls into like uh, a depression for the first time or maybe experiences like very severe anxiety, uh, you have to wait a year. And I think especially like for young people, but also for parents, knowing that like your Mm. kid cannot get help 
uh, for that long when it's probably a bit more urgent, uh, that's a big issue. And uh, mm-hmm. and it's definitely been a, uh, an outcome of the COVID-19 pandemic. Okay. So that explains why uh, a lot of the advertisements are down on the streets talk a lot yeah. about psychiatry. Yeah. Then, though, I, that's uh, something I wanted to ask you all along, and it's a little bit odd for me. Why do you only see uh, faces and not really political statements on the on the posters on, on the, the posters street? On the street, um, there is actually a lot of the discussion, not a lot of discussion, but some discussion about uh, what are the effects of these posters? Like, what do they actually do? I think most people, if you think intuitively about it, like it's just uh, another way to market yourself. It's another way to market your party. Uh, I think it's kind of like. Um, like a, like a qu- kind of a question of game theory almost. Like if everybody else do it, mm. uh, you kind of have to do it as well. But if no one does it, then it maybe doesn't even make any sense to do it. I don't think it really helps any parties. Mm. Uh, you just kind of have to do it to keep up with the rest. Yeah. Uh, the one thing that it has actually been proven to do is that the individual politicians might get more personal votes if their faces is on a lot of posters. Mm-hmm. So even though the parties will not get any more uh, any more votes, uh, it will not definitely not decide the elections. Uh, it can decide which individual politicians gets to sit in parliament. Mm. So I think that's why people actually do it. Yeah. So it's kind of funny because you kind of think like, oh, it's uh, Venstre versus Socialdemokratiet, or it's Enhedslisten uh, versus SF, who gets the most votes. Uh, but really, it's like an internal thing in the parties uh, mm-hmm. that it's going to decide. Yeah. Okay. Maybe for the listeners who do not live in Denmark, if you walk around in Copenhagen these days, you just see hundreds of faces in every street you walk in. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. watching you. Yeah, it's really, really fun. Yeah, also as an absolute waste of both time and resources, oh, no? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, Johannes, um, we're running out of time, but uh, I think you gave some really, really cool insights into, into Danish politics, and I think I learned a lot uh, Yeah, I'm very, very happy that I could come on here and uh, ramble on a bit about uh, Danish politics. It's uh, it's been fun. Yeah. So let's uh, let's see what happens on Tuesday. Let's wait for the results. Are you going to uh, to a party like an election party? Uh, uh, let's see. I don't know. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Are you going? Yeah. No. No. I'm going. I'm going to throw my own thing with a couple of friends. Oh yeah, a, a viewing party. Of- yeah. Exactly. All right. Yeah. That sounds fun. Cool. Then thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And for everybody that that's been listening, uh, feel free to share your thoughts uh, on Instagram uh, uh, in in the comments uh, to the post of this uh, episode. And uh, I'm very happy to welcome you back soon to another episode of the Conscious Booth. So, Johannes, thanks again, and hear you soon. <laughs>